Uh, please go to AmericanFinancing.net. I love these people. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. They're going to get you pre-qualified in about 10 minutes. There's no upfront fees or anything else, and they work for you. They don't work for the banks, so they're going to find the right deal for you. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. The uh, radio program begins in about five seconds. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Beto is running. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, my gosh. What are we going to do without Beto? Uh, we'll get to that. Bill O'Reilly is going to be on the program. Pat Gray is joining us uh, today, filling in for uh, Stu. And I want to talk to you about a scandal that everyone should know about. And this is something that I need you to share peacefully with your democratic friends because there is a hostile takeover going on with radicals socialists and islamists of the democratic party the democratic party of our grandparents is gone but let me start let me start with this tell your friends if you believe that the information surrounding president trump's dealings with russia are enough to warrant an investigation let me let me have you imagine this scenario Let's say word leaked out that an actual Russian spy network set up a propaganda network here in the United States and used it to spread lies and advocate for Russian interests. Then they got busted for it. They were outed in federal court and the United States government defined them as a hostile group. What would you say? If that happened, and despite that, President Trump just continued to use their information and actively fundraise for them. We'd all be going out of our minds, right? Democrats, this is exactly the scenario that is happening in Congress, and no one is talking about it. We'll tell you about it in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, let me tell you about... uh, uh, LifeLock, boy, Pat, tax season is here. Are you excited? Oh, I love tax season. Don't you? Mm. Seriously? It so is, great. I mean, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's like Christmas. I feel so giving and so <laughs> charitable. Um, it is actually a wonderful time if you are a cyber criminal because uh, tax time, they have access to all the information they need about you. That's why you need LifeLock. They will detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number. It's on sale on the dark web. Did you know that? There's a good chance your information is available to uh, uh, cyber criminals on the dark web. Now, if LifeLock detects your information is being used within their network, they're going to send you an alert. And if there is a problem, like a tax-related ID theft, a U.S.-based restoration specialist is going to work to fix it. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can uncover the threats that you might miss on your own. So join now and get 10% off your first year by using the promo code BECK at 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com and use the promo code BECK at 10% off now. Lifelock.com.
Okay, I want to talk to you about uh, Rashid Tlaib. She's a congresswoman and also uh, Congresswoman Omar. Tlaib this weekend is going to be speaking at CARES, Michigan, 19th annual faith-led justice-driven banquet. She is one of the lead speakers, and she's going to be raising money for her, uh, for CARE. At the same time, Elian Omar will be in Los Angeles, and she's going to be the keynote speaker at a fundraiser also for CARE. Now, most people are just going, oh, big deal, not a big deal. Let me just remind you who CARE is before we get into this. We have the court case. I have someplace in this pile of papers. The, the actual court case from the United States of America versus the Holy Land Foundation. What we found out in this case for the very first time is there was an elaborate scheme that was launched by the Muslim Brotherhood to tip American sentiment, policy, and money in support of Hamas. It was uh, officially designated by the United States government a foreign terrorist organization. Now, if anyone doubts whether the Muslim Brotherhood had a role in the creation of Hamas or if they advocated for violence, all you have to do is look at the Hamas Charter. Article 2 states, quote, The Islamic resistance movement, which in Arabic would be Hamas, is one of the wings of the Muslim Brothers in Palestine. The Muslim Brotherhood movement is a world organization, the largest Islamic movement in the modern era. Okay, so we know that the Muslim Brotherhood was involved. It's a wing. It's a wing. That's it. But it's a peace movement, right? The Muslim Brotherhood is a peace movement. Well, Article 13 says, and I quote, Peace initiatives, the so-called peaceful solutions, and the international conferences to resolve the Palestinian problem are all contrary to the beliefs of the Islamic resistance movement. There is no solution to the, to the Palestinian problem except by jihad. Oh, okay. So the Muslim Brotherhood created Hamas very specifically to fight Jews and to destroy Israel in Palestine. But they also created a Hamas support group, and they've done this all over the world. Now, the reason why they put this support group together was to uh, find money to support the fight, but also influence other countries to change their policies on Israel and to support Hamas. The Muslim Brotherhood quickly moved to the United States and set up one of these networks. Now, they set up three things. The Muslim Brotherhood in the United States established what is called the Palestine Committee. The Palestine Committee was broken up into three parts. They had to create a think tank, the United Association for Studies and Research. So they had a think tank. Then they had the Islamic Association of Palestine. That was in charge of propaganda. Then they needed a fundraising arm to be able to uh, channel money over to Hamas. That's why they created the Holy Land Foundation, known as the Fund. So the propaganda arm became CARE. It was created by the Muslim Brotherhood Palestinian Committee, and all of this is in court documents. 
It was created as a tool for the Islamic Association of Palestine by three men, Nihad Awad, Omar Ahmad, and Rafiq Jabbar. Awad and Ahmad were both caught via wiretap from the FBI in an infamous meeting called the Philly meeting. This is where law enforcement were able to verify that the Palestine Committee, the U.S.-based Muslim Brotherhood, was discussing how they were going to continue to support Hamas and how they used these organizations to do it. In the official FBI court documents, it is annotated who was at that meeting, and both men who started CARE were attending that meeting. In fact, they were key speakers at that meeting. Ahmad was the person that actually set the meeting up and led the opening remarks. These are the founders of CARE. It is absolutely indisputable with federal documents that CARE is Hamas. And Nihad Awad continues to lead CARE to this day. And he's going to play a role in a minute on something that happened just last week in Washington and nobody questioned. It is Ilian Omar, uh, Omar now fundraising for Hamas through care. It is Rashid Tlaib that is doing the same thing. I ask you right now before I finish this monologue to please join us at The Blaze. As we discuss these things, and hopefully I'm going to have a guest on in 15 minutes who is going to give a slight update on something, but I know what he's working on, and he should fear for his life. He should fear for being run out of of decent society because he is working to expose this network. And we need a place where our voices are protected. Advertisers have been very, very faithful to this program. But there are only so many advertisers and there's only so much guts. As things get tougher, we need you to join us in the fight. Please go to blazetv.com and use the promo code BECK. blazetv.com, promo code BECK. Please do that uh, and, uh, and join us. Now, Rashid Tlaib and Elian Omar. Are they ignorant of CARE's true identity? Or are they willing accomplices? The mainstream media will say this is nonsense, but we have all of the federal documents that prove that, that CARE is Hamas. It is a sister organization. It was, it was created by the Muslim Brotherhood to infiltrate and to change our policies. And you're seeing that now happen. So are these two women just innocent rubes that are being used by CARE and Hamas and the Muslim Brotherhood? And they just don't know. Or is there something else going on? I'll continue this in one minute. First, let me tell you about Relief Factor. Pat, have you tried Relief Factor yet? Because I know no. you are. Why? 
you are just like me. Mm-hmm. And I, you and I both were like, I'm not trying that stuff. It's all <laughs> natural. It's not going to work, right? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. I tried it, and it works. Honestly, it works. I, I, there was no one more surprised than me. Now, you might, because yeah. your pain is, I mean, we go to the same pain doctor, and he, every time I see him, he's like, I don't know how Pat's even living. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. He's grumpy all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, relief factor. Try it. It works. 70% of the people who try it see the dramatic reduction in their pain, and that's why they go and they order more month after month after month. I've been taking it now steadily every day, three times a day for the last year and two months. I'm not going to take it and put it in my body if it's not working. I take it every day. Find the relief you're looking for. Try relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. 1-800-583-84. 800-583-84. Relieffactor.com. We pause now. 10-second break for station ID. All right, I want to concentrate on um, Congresswoman uh, Omar here in in just a second. But first, let me take you to uh, Talib, Rashid uh, Talib. She is going to be giving a speech March seventeenth. That's this weekend. She's going to be speaking at the Council on American Islamic Relations. That is CARE. She's going to be in Michigan. It's the 19th annual faith-led, justice-driven banquet. So she is the headliner that is going to be raising money. She's doing that in Michigan. Omar is doing it in Los Angeles. Now, I don't know what to expect, but here are some excerpts from the speech that she gave last month in Chicago in her 15th annual banquet. The speech you know is going to be good when it starts like this. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalamu alaikum. You know, we always said the Muslims are coming. Well, guess what? I think we're here. We're not only everywhere in all kinds of different governments, but mashallah, wow, we're in the United States Congress. Yes, they are. Care. Care. All right. Check out her description of CARE. Thank you so much for inviting me to support a civil rights organization that is around the unified fight against hate and racism in our country. That's amazing because CARE is known for its virulent anti-Semitism. Now, it's important to remember CARE's ties to the Muslim Brotherhood. Think of CARE as a spinoff, a sister organization of Hamas, because that's who it is. The two founders originally worked uh, for via a Hamas offshoot organization, the Islamic Association of Palestine, which I just told you. A 2009 article in Politico says feds designated CARE a co-conspirator with the Holy Land Foundation, a group that was eventually convicted for financing terrorism. Remember, CARE is the propaganda arm set up by the Muslim Brotherhood. The United Arab Emirates has designated CARE the United Arab Emirates has declared and designated CARE a terrorist organization. In 1993, CARE spokesman Ibrahim uh, Hooper told a reporter for the Minneapolis Star Tribune, quote, I wouldn't want to create the impression 
that I wouldn't like the government of the United States to be in is to be Islamic sometime in the future. End quote. In 1998, Care co-founder Omar Ahmad said, quote, Islam isn't in America to be equal with other faiths, but to become dominant. The Koran should be the highest authority in America, and Islam is the only accepted religion on earth, end quote. Now... Talib gave a little background, her background in the story. Listen. Sometimes I think, alhamdulillah, I grew up in Detroit because it made me a better Muslimah. But did, I didn't grow up seeing everybody that looked the same like me. I grew up with people that were oppressed before my Palestinian family in Israel did. Hmm. Now notice the slight underhanded jab at Israel. It's one of many in her speech and indicative of the growing anti-Semitism among Democrats, especially with Tlaib and Omar. Most of the speech, as you can imagine, is a long rant about the evil Donald Trump. That is the light that we have now, brothers and sisters. Don't let anybody take that from us. Don't let anybody let us dim down. This is the time for us to speak up. I don't want us to sit back when he calls Mexicans a rapist. I need our community and the Muslim community to say, hell no. When they talk about black Americans, anybody that's being suppressed, we got to say, hell no. Enough with our silence when it comes to us. A Muslim sister sat to me and said to me, how come we're so silent, Rashida? How come nobody's saying anything about us and being attacked as Muslims? And I said, what are we saying when he attacks other communities? Now, here's a little bit of history, which starts with a highly questionable anecdote about her mother. And this is the same woman that after Trump won, had the hijab on in the supermarket and somebody yelled at her and said, take it off. He won, he said, take it off. And she beautifully responded, you don't understand. Jesus was born in my country, in Palestine. Okay, I don't know if he... I don't know if she knows this, but the birth of Jesus predates her religion uh, and her, quote, country. The earliest founding of Palestine is 1988. So she might be confused. Jesus was born about 1988 years before Palestine. Then there's this heartwarming story about advice she received from Congressman John Dingell. When I was a state legislator, I came in to serve on a panel with him on immigration rights. And Congressman Dingell was sitting there and he had his cane. If you knew him, he always had this cane and he always held it right in front of him. And I was so tired. I had driven an hour and a half to the panel discussion at University of Michigan Ann Arbor campus. And I sit down, my hair is just just all messed up. And I said, oh my God, I'm so tired of this. I don't know how you've been doing it for so long, Congressman. They all lie. And he looks at me and he goes, I said, you know who I'm talking about? Like these, these lobbyists, these special interests, they're all lying to me about this issue I was working on, scrap metal theft in my, in my district. And he looks at me, and this is a true story, Raja. It was great. He looks at me and he goes, young lady, there's a saying in India that if you stand still enough on the riverbanks, you will watch your enemies float by dead. I don't know why you have to know at that moment I felt so much better and I have no idea if that's really a saying. I'm not sure, but mashallah, like that's the kind of person he was. 
Right. Right. I don't even know what that story means. Um, she wants to see her enemies dead, which would lead me to who are your enemies? How does that relate to your opening statement? How does that relate to the oppression that your family has faced at the hand of Israel? It, it, it's kind of an interesting little story, uh, but I wouldn't be telling that to a group of people who have been designated at a terrorist organization by the United Arab Emirates and as a co-conspirator of terrorism by the United States government. Now, here's why I tell you this story, and we're going to get into Omar uh, next. And I told you yesterday about all of these questions about Omar's um, uh, history and how she got to America and how no one will question this. Did she commit perjury? Did she? This is an insane statement. Did she marry her brother to be able to get him into the country? Well, who knows? Is anybody looking into that? It is really important that you know who these people are and who they are helping raise money for. As I said at the beginning, if we had evidence that Donald Trump was was raising money for Russia openly, after this Russian spy network that had been set up to provide propaganda to change the minds of America. After we found out that he was working with this group and they were co-conspirators of terrorist organizations, we'd have a problem with that, right? But if we found out that he continued to raise money after all of that was known, uh, I think we'd be calling for impeachment. America, have you forgotten 9-11? Who, I- who are the Democratic Party members? You're listening members? to Glenn Beck. Who are they? Uh, Liberty Safe is our uh, sponsor this half hour. Liberty Safe, um, you know, there was um, the horrible tornado in Alabama last week. And the horrible fires in California and the floods in Houston. Liberty safes are virtually indestructible no matter where you put them, no matter what you're dealing with. Mother Nature can throw an awful lot of stuff uh, at you. And I'm not even talking about thieves. I mean, no thief is more powerful than a tornado that can rip a Liberty safe out of the ground and toss it two blocks and that safe still works. It still is closed. Same thing with fires. LibertySafe.com. Go there now. You'll find them on sale at your local Cabela's or online at LibertySafe.com. LibertySafe.com. Best built safe on the planet, bar none. LibertySafe.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Blaze TV. Glenn Beck, Mark Levine, uh, Stephen Crowder, and me, Pat Gray. Go to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn for $10 off. This podcast is sponsored by simplysafe.com slash Glenn. I love doing commercials for Simply Safe because I have this system. In fact, I have it in my office even where we have a lot of collectibles. So when we lock up the doors on the weekend, we know nobody's going to, you know, steal the ruby slippers or the cup of a carpenter. 
Simply Safe is the best home security. They believe nothing should come between you and protecting your home. Simply Safe has created a system where you own the alarm system. So for $14.95 a month, they give you the 24/7 monitoring. It's all wireless so you don't have to worry about somebody cutting the lines or the power going out. All of it still works. Get a jump on protecting your home the Simply Safe way. simplysafe.com slash Glenn, G-L-E-N-N. No time like the present. This is how you protect your home and your stuff. simplysafe.com slash Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck program. Yesterday, uh, I told you, uh, and you can find all of this now on YouTube, uh, an expose that I did uh, a, a couple of days ago, and you can find it at my page at uh, YouTube. And please, it's riveting. Please subscribe. It is riveting. Isn't it? Yeah, you need to you need to watch that because it is something else. You, did you know any of that? No. It's crazy. Actually, didn't. If if. If it's true, and AP uh, has said uh, that they can't pursue it anymore because they just can't get the documents, um, but they are not saying that this is true. They're not saying that it is false. Snopes is saying it's unproven. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So it's, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is something that is being blocked by Congresswoman Omar. She can clear this up quickly. All she has to do is, through a Freedom of Information Act, give the AP the information. The accusation is, there's a couple, there's three actually. One, she's wildly corrupt. Um, two, she immigrated to the United States, and when she wanted her brother in, that she actually married her brother and claim that it wasn't her brother because the birth certificates were lost in Somalia. Okay. Um, and so uh, she said, no, that's not my brother. And I haven't seen him when she filed for divorce. She testified under oath. I haven't seen him, my husband, uh, since uh, 2011. Well, it's not really hard to find pictures of people, uh, and it shows that she saw her brother or her husband or whoever in 2014 in um, Los Angeles. And there's pictures of them partying together and being together. So she lied under oath of when she last saw. I don't know. It's been forever. Uh, I've been thinking about it. It was 2011. No, her travel records show that she traveled again to London to see him in 2011 and 2014. You would know that. Anyway, uh, we're waiting for some more evidence to come in on that. Let me give you the stuff that we absolutely know. First of all, she was born in Mogadishu in 1981. She had to flee to a Kenyan refugee camp in 91 at the start of the Somali war. She was approved as a refugee and to, to come to the United States in 1995, and she settled in Virginia, but soon moved to Minnesota. That's where she graduated. She went to actually North Dakota State University. She got, took a degree in political science and international studies, but she was a, a, a policy fellow at the Humphrey School of Public Affairs at the University of Minnesota. This, this particular school has care tentacles all the way through it. 
So she is now fundraising for care. And I could give you all the history of all the things that she had done uh, with care while she was a student. But let's get to more uh, recent history. She's now fundraising for care. Now, I just told you who care was a literal sister of Hamas set up by the Muslim Brotherhood. That's all according to federal documents. They are a co-conspirator to fund terrorism and Hamas, according to federal documents. Now, she's fundraising for care next week, and that's what's been reported on recently. But she's been fundraising for care for years. We have a Minnesota advertisement for a fundraiser back in 2017. It wasn't hard, but Omar's name is on there along with her picture. She's one of the noted speakers because she was the then state representative. But perhaps she's a useful idiot. Maybe she doesn't know who care really is. Or is she a willing accomplice? Well, it's one thing to show up for care, you know, at her school or for a fundraiser. But it's not like she worked there. I mean, that would be bad, right? Well, if you take a quick peek at her resume, it's displayed in full view on her website. The top line under community leader, quote, former advisory board member for Minnesota Council on American Islamic Relations. So we have a sitting member of Congress who raises money and used to work with an organization that has direct ties to the Muslim Brotherhood and Hamas a U.S.-designated terror group. Now, as I said earlier, CARE was founded as a propaganda arm for Hamas. So what if we found evidence that Omar was parroting the same propaganda from the halls of Congress? Would that be grounds for an investigation, let alone impeachment? Omar has gotten in trouble lately for making anti-Semitic comments. Back in February, she said the American Israel Public Affairs Committee, or APAC, was controlling U.S. foreign policy. Well, we started looking into uh, CARES public relations. We only, we only printed 15 for the show I did uh, the other day, but it is press release after press release. CARE has been publishing those press releases saying that APAC is controlling American policy for years. That's their main thrust. Now, I would like to point out that APAC does spend a lot on lobbying. However, they do not give a single dime directly to any politician. CARE, on the other hand, does. Now... If there was evidence that CARE was giving money to Omar, that, in light of her criticism of APAC, would be a little more than embarrassing, right? Well, it is a little more than embarrassing. It turns out she's a hypocrite, or she's just spreading propaganda exactly as she's being told, because she is getting money directly from CARE. Omar's anti-Semitism is, is dividing the Democratic Party, and it is driving the party further and further to the extremes. Even Rahm Emanuel now is writing condemnations for Omar's actions. And the divide amongst Democrats eventually led to a formal House vote to condemn anti-Semitism. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. 
they ended up passing what? A condemnation of all hateful language. It it was, it started out condemning her for anti-Semitism. But it ended up, we're not going to call out her. We won't even mention her. And yeah, okay, anti-Semitism is bad. But so is so is speech against Muslims. It turned into something that was so milk toast that it meant nothing, and it certainly did not condemn Omar or anyone who was making anti-Semitic comments. Now, how did the Democrats come to this? How 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 can they not be uh unified in chastising somebody? and condemn anti-Semitism. Well, the question would be, did some outside lobbying group pressure the Democrats to leave Omar alone and water down the anti-Semitism talk? If you go to glenbeck.com and you uh, watch the video that we posted or YouTube on Congresswoman Omar, you will see the photos. The photos and the video of Omar going into her office the day they were going to condemn her. Just before they release this bill, she's going into her office, and who comes but Linda Sarsour, a good friend of care, and someone else. Someone who was standing right next to Sarsour. They went into a closed-door meeting where they didn't allow anyone in. This photo that we'll show you in the video was taken at the Capitol before the House vote. The man standing next to Linda Sarsour is Nihad Awad, the same man that is the head and founding member of CARE, the man directly identified by the FBI as one of the Palestinian committee members supporting Hamas, the guy who was part of the unindicted co-conspirator to fund a terrorist organization. Now, does anybody have a problem with that? Does anyone have a problem that when he went into the congresswoman's chambers, they were going to condemn her? But when they came out, suddenly that bill had changed. What's that all about? Her presence and Talib's presence in government is dangerous, not because they're Muslim, but because they are tied directly to care. And care is tied directly to the Muslim Brotherhood and a sister organization of Hamas. Is our policy being manipulated because of care? Is the Democratic Party now beholden to socialists and Islamists? Wow, that's weird who said that back in 08, that Islamists and socialists would work together. (laughs) A crazy person said that. That's nuts. (laughs) Come on. Is that chilling? I got a chill up on down my spine. When When you consider it like that, how else could you consider it? No other way. Once you know the facts, but nobody, very few people know the facts. Well, nobody is willing Nobody's to take on care. Nobody's talking about that. No one is willing to take on care. And they're care not going listen to listen to it from you and me. They're not, they're, they're not, that's not going to. No, it's I, why, it's why, and there's more facts coming. 
There's wow. more facts coming in in the the we've been. Um, uh, I don't want to give too much. There is there are more facts coming, and when they come, mm. uh, they are going to be dismissed, but they will be official documents. And when you see these official documents, America will have to decide: Are we going to allow this to happen, or are we going to have the balls to impeach? And what they'll do is call it a witch hunt. They'll call it they McCarthyism. They absolutely will. They'll say they'll call it Islamophobia. Islamophobia. And I that, am telling just you, try to silence everybody who, who in, brings it up. In America, Islamophobia should not happen, but Islamicists should not be in our, uh, quite honestly, in my opinion, in our country, let alone in our capital. Islamicists want Sharia law to be the highest law of the land. That is un-American, unequivocally. And anyone who will not state that is a coward. They are a coward. And they will come to destroy we ask for your support at The Blaze. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Uh, just use the promo code Glenn, and you'll save uh, 10% or $10 uh, for that first year. All right, let me tell you about our sponsor. We, By the way, we will be following this story uh, and more perhaps next week. Bill O'Reilly's coming up. Uh, we're going to talk about Beto and everything else in just a minute. First, let me tell you about... Uh, uh, the reason why you need a VPN. If you went into a mall and somebody started following you with a notepad and they wrote down everything you did, you went here to this store, you picked up this item, you considered it for a while, you walked away, then you came back to it, and then you looked at another item, but you decided to buy this one. Then you left that store, you went to another store. Then you went to this restaurant, and you had this to eat, this to drink, you spent this amount of time there. Then you went back to another store, and you would call for the police. But that's what's happening online. They are tracking your every move. Now, we don't have anything to hide, and that's what you'll think. But I don't want somebody tracking everything that I do. And it makes it really easy if you're just using public Wi-Fi or your own Wi-Fi in your own house. Really easy for people to come in and hack in and get anything that they want. You need a VPN. Now, a VPN is a virtual private network. Um, you've seen them in movies. They were really for, like, CIA agents had them, you know. Uh, where is he? Where is he? And, you know, Tom Cruise, everybody thinks that he's in Cuba. He's not in Cuba. He's using a VPN, and it's bouncing all over to make people think that you're somewhere you're not. And it, it stops people from tracking you. That's going to become more and more important. And the only company that I would trust to provide an EPN is Norton Security. Go to Norton.com slash VPN. You download it. It's an app. You download it. You sign in once with your passcode, and then you can use it on any of your devices. Norton.com slash VPN. Get one now. It costs $3.33 a month if you sign up for the year. It's Norton.com slash VPN. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
Janine Pirro is uh, is under attack from care. Um, and I'm not really a fan of Janine. However, neither, uh, still, yeah, still, she. This is you get into unacceptable. You get into uh, cares crosshairs, and it's it's a tough life. So, what did she say? She said uh, she was talking about Ilan Omar, and she said, "Think about it. Omar wears a hijab. Is her adherence to this Islamic doctrine indicative of her adherence to Sharia law, which in itself is antithetical to the U.S. Constitution?" Okay, so it's a. She asked a question. Mm-hmm. Care is now demanding uh, that uh, they she be fired, and they're going to launch a boycott of the sponsors until and she is. They may, and they may fire they her. Might. They may fire her. Fox Care is already extraordinarily said, powerful. Fox said we strongly condemn Janine Pirro's comments about Representative Ilan Omar. They do not reflect those of the network, and we have addressed the matter with her directly. That doesn't sound very supportive mm-hmm. of Janine Pirro. So, um, you know, a lot of people don't know this history, but... Um, um, uh, the president of uh, Egypt, uh, Nas- Nasser, gave a speech in 1958, and uh, just what he said was, "The Muslim Brotherhood sat with me and made request. He made a request that I had to make the wearing the hijab in Egypt uh, mandatory, that everyone needed to wear their headscarves." The audience laughed. He said. Your, your daughter's going to school. She's not wearing a hijab. If you can't make your daughter wear a hijab, you think I can make 10 million women do it? Wow. Now look at it. Now it's death if you're caught without it. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Let me talk to you about uh, Home Title Lock. Pat, you were the one who actually brought this to the table. Yeah, I love Home Title Lock. Uh, they they did the same thing for me that they did for you and yeah. th- showed me how easy it was for them to steal my title online. So if it would have been an actual thief, uh, I'd be in a world of trouble. It took them 15 minutes to do. 15 minutes. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I have all this protection that I spent thousands of dollars on to, right. to make it tough to even find me. They said, Matt actually makes it easier for us. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. Jeez. It was crazy. Yeah. So anyway, um, if you own a home, your parents own a home, and they have equity in it, please beware. Home Title Lock will make sure that that title remains with you in your name. People are taking that title, changing names, then going to banks, withdrawing a lot of money on loans, and then you're stuck with the bill. You could lose your house everything it's a mess if it happens to you please just hire home title lock they'll take care of it for you hundred dollar search for free when you sign up it's home title that's home title of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So Beto is running. Yay! Yay! Uh, Also, China said that they will help Venezuela restore their power and they concur with Maduro. It looks like the United States may have collapsed your power grid. Wow. Trump may label Mexican cartels foreign terrorist organizations. 2020, the Democrats say they have to pack the Supreme Court. Plus, the GOP senators 
finally, for the first time in, what, 15 years, somebody in Congress is saying, you know what? We can't lose this power. This power belongs to us. And the national emergency is now in jeopardy because of some senators. I don't know how you feel about it. I know how I feel. Let's find out, Bill O'Reilly, what it means in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I told you last week about a first-time buyer here in Texas of, of home, and I want to show you the other side. Um, a seller who found an agent on realestateagentsitrust.com. Home seller in a very, very hot market. They needed to uh, relocate quickly. Their agent had suggested the following things. Price the home just below similarly priced homes in your area, and that way we'll get multiple offers. Stage the home so it stands out in you know great pictures. No clutter, great curb appeal. Market aggressively to fellow agents, providing a timeline for accepting offers, which creates this urgency. So they did all those things. They got multiple offers. The caliber of offers was off the charts. Strong financing, cash, closing date, so many things to uh, consider. Three days on the market, they got 5% more than they would have. Buyer even agreed to pay all the closing costs. This is why you need a great agent. They'll get the job done. We'll help you find that agent at realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Welcome, sir. Oh, Glenn Beck. How are you today? Yeah, no. You know, You're I'm making. I'm I'm making. Uh, you know what? I I'll, we'll talk about this later, maybe if we have time. Uh, I'm going to see Tony Robbins and spend a weekend with Tony Robbins, and uh, I don't know if I have the <sighs> motivation. Well, I mean, you know, that's going to involve sit-ups and stuff. Oh, there, I so. know. It's you I know. know. So anyway, um, let's uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's let's let's. Well, where where do you want to start, Beto? Uh, Beto is a standard issue, uh, okay. Democrat, not a socialist, um, channeling Robert Kennedy. Uh, mm. That's how he uh, presents himself. Uh, I think he studied tapes of RFK. Yeah. Same mannerisms, same hair. Yeah. Um, you know, um, he's got a following. Will he distinguish himself? Maybe. He's got energy. Um, you know, Bernie is what 112 years old. I mean, that's pretty tough. I know. So um, uh, Beto's coming on in. He's gonna make everybody happy, and social justice will return, and we'll take a look at reparations, and we'll let all the people in because we're a humane country. You know, standard issue. Okay, let me go to something I think that does make a difference: the GOP senators. Uh, that say uh, you can't do the emergency powers. Uh, it was uh, Mike Lee, Chuck Grassley, uh, Tom Tillis, Joni Ernst, Pat Toomey, Ron Johnson, Jerry Moran, uh, Lamar Alexander, Ben Sass, Roy Blunt, Rob Portman, uh, Todd Young, Mitt Romney, Ted Cruz, and Roger Wicker. Um, how is this going to? How's this going to fly with Donald Trump? And and what does this mean? It doesn't mean much. Uh, I don't believe all those Republican senators will vote against the national emergency decree. Uh, I think five will vote against it. 
Um, then Trump will veto both uh, the House and the and the Senate bills when they reconcile them, and uh, he'll find the money to build some of the wall. I mean, there's no deviation. I mean, it's not like Trump is worried about this. He's having corned beef and cabbage with the Prime Minister of Ireland today. That's his whole day with Irish. They're going to be doing Irish step dancing. They're going to be. Um, <laughs> please don't make me lose faith in our government even more. Please just. <laughs> um, but that's what Trump's schedule is. Yeah. His schedule is Irish stuff today. Um, and he's not really worried about this because he's, he hasn't vetoed anything, which is interesting, in two years. He'll veto this and then uh, they'll go on. Now, I understand the uh, GOP's point of view because they fear There'll be a Democratic president next time around, and uh, he'll do the same thing Trump is doing. A uh, national yeah. emergency every time you turn around. I got yes. it. Yes. But I really think there is a national emergency on the southern border, and I'd like to see you know, some improvements take place down there. So do I, and I, I don't know any other way to uh, solve this, because mainly because of the weasels in Washington that said they cared about the border, mainly the GOP, but also the people that have told us even through, you know, Obama and and uh, and Bill Clinton, all those people who used to say that, you know, the border was a real problem. It is a real problem. And uh, they just don't want to take care of it for some reason or another. And I think it's I think it's despicable. So I don't know what to do about it. I don't think the American people know what to do about it. Well, Congress is not going to pass any kind of profound immigration laws, um, because the Democratic Party understands they have grown in strength because of the mass immigration uh, of Hispanics into the country. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if you look at the demographics in the early 1990s and compare them today, um, Hispanic voters have have grown fourfold in the country, Um, and most of them vote Democrat. So that's what's in play. Uh, but even when the Republicans had both houses of Congress, they didn't do anything. They're afraid, and they don't want to be branded a racist and all that business, so that's where we are. Let's go to uh, the Democrats. Uh, they said this week that they they believe they're going to have to pack the court in 2020. Yeah, that's dangerous, boy. That is that's oh. insane. I mean, uh, FDR tried to do that, yeah. and it was one of the things that Americans s- stood up and pushed back hard on. I mean, and I can't. Now nobody even knows who FDR is. Yeah. Um, so we're in a totally different ball game. Look, 1869, uh, Congress uh, decided there were going to be nine Supreme Court justices, and it stood from 1869 to the present day. But Congress can change that. They can have 75 if they want. Now it'll be a brawl. It'll be a fight. Um, if the Democrats uh, take the White House and the Senate, could happen. Absolutely could happen. I mean, Bill, and, we we have we have the people who are running now uh, for the Democratic Party. They won't they won't even admit that they're a capitalist. Sure. I mean, because that's evil, Beck. It's evil to succeed. It's evil to have money. But it's not. But it is not with the vast majority of Americans both Republican and Democrat, is it? Right. The polls show that only 25% of Americans really want to be socialists. Okay. But, you know, I'm getting a little tired of the vast Americans this, the vast Americans that, because they don't do anything. They just say, yeah, we, we don't want it, but who's running wild in this country? Who's controlling the media in this country? Who's controlling the social media? Who? Progressive left. Who's fighting them? Nobody. 
No, not true. Care. No, wait, 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 wait. Not true. Don't, don't, don't well, say. Who's fighting them back beside you and me? Who? No, 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 no. The the audiences of of our combined reach for for most of right they're, America they're with us. Yes, but they're not organizing. They don't know There's how no media to. Matters on the right. They don't know but, how to, and you can't. And well, Bill, how, wait a minute. How wait a minute. did the progressive left know how to? The progressive but left, the conservative right, doesn't know how. The to. progressive left is willing to take their money and put it where their mouth is. Everyone I have ever met with that is a multimillionaire or billionaire, they're all looking for a return on their investment. What do I get? What do I get? Here's what Media Matters said. Nothing except these policies being put into play. So you're doing something because we all believe in change. The right with with the big money, they don't step up to the plate. George Soros can gather 25 billionaires, put them in a room. They'll fund for a decade some of these crazy radical operations and it works because then you can actually put the structure in that that that's the problem the people will organize but they will organize and they did it with the tea party they will come together you cannot get anybody with power putting it together isn't a effective counterpunch to the craziness on the progressive left and there should be but the problem is that the conservative leadership is afraid. It's afraid. I mean, let's take our alma mater, Fox News. They're scared to death of media matters. There's nobody fighting them. Okay, there are. You're saying that they're not. They're gonna. They're not gonna fight with Tucker Carlson to keep him. They may keep him, but they're not. Certainly not fighting for him. Um, you know, I, I don't think they can not keep him after what they did to me. I mean, they've lost a million two hundred thousand viewers from eight to nine o'clock since I left. And they're going to throw this guy overboard now. That'll be the end of that network. But it my point be. is, they don't fight. Who's fighting? Trump fights the press. All right, and and in my column um, just released on BillOReilly.com, Trump's winning that fight. He's, he's one guy against 10,000, but he's so powerful because he's president that he's actually winning his fight against the press. See, I, uh, I think... But, but, but Trump isn't organizing against the Soros people. Who's doing that? Nobody, Nobody. Because, because you're exactly right. I think we may be saying the same thing. Because people with real influence and real power will not put their money where their mouth is, nor will but they come lying. together. Look at the former Speaker of the House, Ryan. He did jack. Jack when he was in there. Nothing. No immigration. Nothing. No fight back. No organization. Nothing. Why? He's scared. He was scared. Look, even Nancy Pelosi is scared of those people. Those progressive left people. Pelosi's petrified of those people. These are vicious verbal assassins. They can ruin you. And who's fighting against them? Well, you you know that they are powerful when the guy who was the guy on television, he's the head of Media Matters now, the guy who was on television saying, oh, my gosh, look at what he said. Look at what Tucker Carlson said on Bubba the Love Sponge. 
at the same time in 2000, between 2006 and 2011, and that same time, uh, he was on his blog uh, talking about trannies, talking yeah, about how Bangladeshi. He I is mean, an we absolute He's not even pig. worth discussing. And by the way, the Sponge had a very good column uh, op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today. That's Mr. Sponge. That. That's Mr. Sponge um, to you. But what I'm trying to say to you is that all of our policy in this country now, including packing the Supreme Court, uh, the move uh, to socialism, all of this is being driven by the social media. That's who's doing it. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez would be a game show host in Tulsa if she didn't have social media behind her. And she could say, like, and you know, 55 times on the game show. Um, but but she is not play. a... She, People got to wise up. Bill, she is not a self-created person. She's not. No, she got millions of dollars. I told Correct. you that last week. Yes. Did she, you go over to the guy's house in Fort Worth back where I told you to do? <laughs> no, I, I don't show up at people's houses, but I appreciate all, that. All ahead, Ted. he'd be happy to. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he would. Bring so brownies. So, uh, so then, what, what's your advice then, Bill? Well, I mean, there has to be PACs, political action committees formed, um, and money donated to those PACs on the traditional conservative side, and they have got to. Um, have enough lawyers and enough communicators, whereas when these Media Matters people come out with the noose and when the Me Too's come out and everybody else trying to kill people like Brett Kavanaugh, that they provide a balance and an aggressive posture to to at least counter it. Now, I know they're not going to get time on CNN and MSNBC. That's a big problem. Because Media Matters is a pipeline right into the mainstream media, yes. whereas the conservative traditional people won't. But they can get on your show and my show. Yeah, I, I will tell you, Media Matters, the Washington Post actually contacted me yesterday and said, we know you have uh, experience with uh, Media Matters and, and we're doing a story on Media Matters and wanted to know if you had ever found anything that they had ever done credible. I didn't even respond, uh, you know, verbally. I just wrote a note. The fact that you could even ask this question with a straight face shows you the state <laughs> of the Washington Post. Back with more Bill O'Reilly here in just a second as we recap everything from the week. It is usually he's on Friday. It is Thursday. Sorry to break it to you if you're just you're like, oh, crap. I thought it was Friday. He's uh, here a day early. Um, all right, let me tell you about the uh, Palm Beach uh, letter. Things are changing rapidly, rapidly. Cryptocurrencies, blockchain technology, I think they're going to play a significant role in the future. I just don't know how exactly or when it's going to hit. But Bitcoin and crypto is not where we thought it would be right now. It, 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 it's so weird. Nothing really makes sense. All of the big players are now getting in. Goldman Sachs has their own desk. Everything is everything set up for institutional invest, investing. And yet, I think it's because of the crash that happened. Nobody's willing to dip their toe in there. But once things, once things tip, it's going to go fast again. I want you to find out about cryptocurrency and blockchain. I'm not asking you to invest in it. This is a really, uh, really volatile, as we've told you before. But you have to know about it. 
smartcryptocourse.com. Take this now, smartcryptocourse.com, or you can call 877-PBL-BECK, 877-PBL-BECK. You'll get more information for smartcryptocourse.com. We break for 10 seconds, station ID. It's the Glenn Beck program filling in for uh, Steve Brigier. Stu is uh, uh, the one and the only, the very lovely and talented Pat Gray. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Good to be here. Bill, welcome back to the program. Uh, Trump may label Mexican cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. What are the ramifications of that? That's a good thing. Um, so you've got to have an arrangement with Mexico City, of course. Um, and you guys said, look, we're going to designate these cartels um, as dangerous to the world, not just to you, Mexico City, and we, Washington, D.C. And uh, if we find out where they live, we're going to drop a drone on them. If we see a uh, caravan of heroin-laden vehicles, we're going to blow them up from the sky. That's what you can do on a designated terror watch. So the United States can spend, send special forces. They'd have to get permission. But you can do all kinds of military action against designated terror groups. You can, but do you believe, Bill, that the United States would ever do that? I would. No, I think Trump would. He, you got to get the permission of the guy in Mexico City. Yeah. Um, and you fear he, he would go along with it. Does he want these people to continue to corrupt his country? To the extent they have, does he want that? I will so tell. Once you get the U.S. military targeting you for death, the equation changes, does it not? I will tell you that it, I wouldn't put it past uh, some Texans to have already hired people to do things like that. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> come on, that mm-hmm. drone warfare. Obama used it. And, and we don't even know the extent that he used it. But he, they really put a hurt on these people from the sky. Mm-hmm. And, and what, happens, what happens when they uh, have pictures of dead little children yeah, in, uh, Mexico. in Mexico? What, what? You bet. I mean, that, you have to be very mm-hmm. surgical and you have to be very careful. I understand. But just the chill that that would put in the cartel realm would be substantial, I think. Yes. I wonder about the chill on the other side of now for, uh, you know, again, drug cartels. It is a serious, serious oh, issue. It's killing hundreds of thousands of Americans. That's, yeah. that's the bottom line on it. Okay. So we lost mm. 3,000 on 9-11, and then we wiped out um, thousands of Islamic fundamentalists. We lose a hundred thousand a year. We're not doing anything to these cartels. Does that make sense to anybody on this planet? No. Mexico's losing a lot of people too. They had something like they had double the murders that the United States and had. And they don't even report most of the murders. Well, yeah, okay. and that's with a third of the population of the United States. I mean right. it's it's fifty thousand murders last year alone. Mm-hmm. And I, I put the number at sixty to seventy thousand. You can't even go to Acapulco. All right, so 
Elvis had a movie, Fun in Acapulco. <laughs> Elvis could not do a remake if he were still alive. You can't go there. It's controlled by cartels. Do you realize that 66 American citizens were kidnapped in Mexico last year, Beck? Did you mm-hmm. know that? Yes, I did. 66. All right, so this is, they, these people have declared war on the United States, the cartels. We're going to send fentanyl, heroin, cocaine, every other drug, methamphetamine, right across your border. Your politicians are too cowardly to stop it. We know that. We're going to make billions of dollars and blank you. So Trump says, all right, well, we're going to designate you a terror group. Have fun with the drone in your backyard. So when I was, what I would do. When I was at CNN, uh, I uh, did a special on the number of Americans that had been kidnapped by drug cartels and brought across the border. All these, all these young girls just taken, and nobody cared except the people in the community. Um, I couldn't get CNN to move. When I went to uh, Fox... They said, oh, they, they, they'd help. They'd, they'd, we'd get on that story. No, they never did. People are not willing to do the heavy lifting about our border. You're listening to Glenn Beck. I want to tell you, <clears throat> want to tell you about X-Chairs. <clears throat> X-Chairs, if you are, man, uh, if you're a CPA right now, I feel for your back if you're sitting in a bad uh, chair. A great chair to sit in is an X chair. You also get a free footrest if you just use the promo code Beck. Xchairbeck.com. Xchairbeck.com. You will make yourself much more comfortable uh, in an X chair. It is more like a recliner than it is a typical office chair. It is really comfortable and, and hard to describe until you've actually sat in it for a few days. That's why there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. If it's not everything I say it is, everything that you hoped it would be, you can send it back, money-back uh, money guarantee, and no questions asked. Just go to xchairbeck.com or call 844-4X-CHAIR. 844-4X-CHAIR. Use the promo code BECK at xchairbeck.com. And don't forget to subscribe to Blaze TV. You get Glenn Beck, Mark Levin, Stephen Crowder, and Pat Gray Unleashed. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn for $10 off. I have the honor to introduce you to one of the best people I know. His name is Mike Rowe. The Way I Heard It with Mike Rowe. This is a great podcast that gives a unique take on American history. He explores everything from pop culture to politics, athletes to actors, history to Hollywood. It's called The Way I Heard It, and he shares stories for the curious mind with a short attention span. Each episode is 10 minutes or less about a famous person or an event that you know, filled with surprise facts that you likely didn't know start with episode 36 oh brother i mean you want to talk about a family divided by politics this story revolves around another presidential election about making america great again i love the big reveal at the end but i won't spoil it for you you'll love it go to micro.com slash podcast and listen and subscribe to the way i heard it that's m-i-k-e-r-o-w-e dot com slash podcast that's micro.com slash podcast This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, joining us is uh, Pat Gray filling in for Stu today, who is uh, off for a couple of days for some unknown reason. Maybe it was raining. I don't know. Uh, and, uh, and Bill O'Reilly joins us. 
So, Bill, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, just gave more protection to asylum seekers. It's happened yesterday. Uh, so we only had 100,000 asylum seekers last year. And now, uh, according to the Ninth Circuit Appeals Court, we can't send any of them right back. Uh, so they have to have a, a jury trial here before we can deport them. Uh, is this going to the U.S. Supreme Court? Is this gonna is this gonna wind up where there? I mean, there's just a deluge that we can't do anything about. Of course, uh, it'll be five hundred thousand in the next two or three years, and it'll go to the Supreme Court. Um, Supreme Court will rule that um, the government has the discretion on what asylum cases to hear. They will overturn the Ninth Circuit. Um, but this is, you know, another example of where the country is going if the progressive left gets power all right if they take both houses and the presidency this is what you're going to see a totally open border situation everybody knows the game and the cartels are involved with the people smuggling everybody knows that as well and then i think what the hills doesn't care they don't care um they want open borders it's amazing it's amazing to me how how far away from the people um, things are uh, things in Washington are. I mean, it's 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 like they just they're just they're a foreign entity now. Almost the federal government is just becoming this foreign entity that is not reflective or representative uh, of the people uh, at all. Let me ask you this, Bill. Wait. Go ahead. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let me comment on that. Mm-hmm. Not just Washington. Look at the entire state of California. Look at Oregon, Washington State. I mean, these states are more radical than Washington is. So there, there's been a shift in the country, and um, it's so dangerous. You know, I'm saying to myself, I don't know. Uh, you know, I still think I agree with you that most Americans are with us. Common sense, America's noble, all policy should be geared to giving everybody an equal opportunity to pursue happiness but to alter and dramatically change everything about america that's insane but that's what the progressive left wants well it's not only the progressive left it is also um the um islamists that are in charge of you know things like care and we have two uh, Congresswomen now going to do fundraisers this weekend for care. Um, this is a this is a sister organization uh, for uh, Hamas. It was created by the Muslim Brotherhood uh, through the Palestinian Council to uh, to be a propaganda device to change people. And I'll tell you the the real power in Washington that everybody's afraid of is care. I mean, Janine uh, Pirro said, uh, do you have her exact quote, Pat? Not in front of me. Okay, well, she basically said. No, you know, I, I know what it is. You want to know what it is? Yeah, go ahead. She was questioning if some a Muslim woman wears a hajib, whether that indicates she doesn't have allegiance to the Constitution, but she does have it to Sharia law. She asked a question, provocative question, no doubt. And then she was condemned by her own news network. Yeah, were you surprised that Fox uh, basically condemned what she said? Yes, I was. You can do that in another way. So if, if the network decides it, it believes that 
Judge Pirro went over the editorial line and was purposely offensive to Muslim Americans, and you put her on the next day and have her debate the issue with a designated Fox person. Right. And say, okay, what did you mean? Um, do you understand that your remarks could be hurtful to certain people who are in the minority and may be fearful? And, and that's how you do it. You don't hang them in the court of public opinion. That is the fear of, is that, is that an agreement with what uh, CARE is saying, or is that the fear of CARE on the part of Fox? Look, I, I'm not jazzed up about Islamic intrusion into the American culture. I just don't see it as a major problem because of the numbers. The numbers are infinitesimal. Mm. Aren't very many Muslims here. Mm. And the ones that are here don't cause trouble. CARE is a bad organization. All right? It is. We all know mm-hmm. that. It sympathizes with killers. But there are a lot of bad organizations. This isn't a, a priority of mine. Wow. However, okay. if, if you are going to raise a point about yeah. Sharia law, because if you go by Sharia law, you cannot then accept the American Constitution. You can't. You can't. Sharia law is dramatically opposite. So if you have a congresswoman wearing a hijab, you can ask her, which is more important to you, madam, Sharia law or the U.S. Constitution? It's a pretty simple question, right? And it's certainly legitimate to ask it. Well, I think it's I think it's extraordinarily legitimate, um, but it is um, and it's as easy as are you a capitalist to answer? Uh, but they don't ever want to answer any of those questions. Did you that question s- hasn't ever been asked of Congressman Omar? That's how bad and impotent our American press is. Yes. What Judge Barrow should have done was simply just ask that question. That's all. All right, madam, I'd like to know. You can email me, text me, come on the program. Sharia law or the Constitution, which has your allegiance? You can't say both. Right? Isn't that legitimate? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Um, let me go to Ocasio-Cortez. She, in, in, rem, in remarkable uh, video from a hearing, she accuses Wells Fargo's CEO of financing the caging of children then she uh, says that maybe the banks should be held responsible for global warming uh, because they finance people that do things uh, like oil companies that harm the environment. Bill, I'm responsible for global warming, Beck. You are? I, I am. Okay. I, I did it. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish okay. I could take it back. All right. Well, I'll take your apology. Can you stop doing Tonight it? on BillOReilly.com, we have a montage of Congresswoman Cortez saying like and you know, yeah, I know. 100 million times. Yeah, so good. Right? I know, yeah. When you hear someone, when you hear someone say the word like every other sentence <laughs> or every other word and you know, you know, you know, you know, then you know that person is not <laughs> thinking. If you are thinking about what you are saying, you don't say like you know. So I have now convinced that she comes in with a script 
written for her by others and throws bombs simply to get attention. That's what I'm convinced is happening with the congressman. I will tell you that there is a a blogger out uh, who made this a very compelling case. Um, Mr. Reagan. I don't even know the guy's name. I just know the logo on the screen from this Mr. Reagan. Um, And I have not checked into it, but the the uh, the evidence that he presented was pretty compelling about that, that she was selected. She there was a casting call. Uh, by a uh, by a liberal organization, they have the people who did it on video saying we did a casting call. We wanted to see who could run, blah, blah, blah. We got a thousand applications. And out of that, we found Ocasio-Cortez. We met with her. It shows the video of them meeting, the conversation uh, that they had. Then it shows all of the conversations of the leadership that is now around her, what they were saying a few years ago, and then word for word her saying it. And once you ask her beyond the talking point, like, you know, she has no idea. <laughs> I would be careful with that story. I, 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 yes. Go possible. ahead. But it's also, a, it could be planted so that you would report it and then they would debunk you as, you know, being a propagandist. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I, that's why I said I have not checked on this. Right. You can't, uh, and I've only. This s- woman, look. This woman went to Boston University, my alma mater. She was a terrier, all right? While she was at the university, she really didn't distinguish herself in a political sense. She wasn't in the student council, wasn't on the newspaper, wasn't protesting, wasn't doing anything. And the only thing that we know is that she was dancing. She's in a video at BU, dancing. We also know she made a video praising Adam Smith, which is the exact opposite of socialism. Okay. I don't need, I'm not familiar with that. But she knew that her district in the Bronx was right for her coming in and winning. She could not have known that on her own. She had to be recruited to do that. She was. Because she had no polling information that Crowley was mm-hmm. a weak candidate, that this and that. So she is being run. No doubt. And the guy in Fort Worth is is providing millions of dollars for her to do a variety of different things. But that's as far as we know in in a fact realm. Bill, it's it's an amazing time that we're living in in the country where um, where you can you can just produce candidates and they and they everybody buys into it. It's it's. All the world is but a stage. We're living in that time. Bill, thank yeah, you. I, look, there's a lot of chicanery going on. Word of the day, chicanery. A lot. <laughs> because people aren't paying attention back. Why? Because they have their smartphones. Okay? And I want you and Tony Robbins this weekend to discuss that. That, that is the main topic of conversation. And he called me, by the way, in the break, and he's a little nervous about you coming over. Well, um, you tell banana hands that I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bill. Thanks so much. Big, he's got a big buffet for you, so that's a good thing. All right. Bill, Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. That's BillOReilly.com. Uh, join him in his fight and his stance uh, and his stand every day with the no spin factor or whatever the hell he calls it. At, uh, 
BillOReilly.com. All right. I want to tell you about... um, I want to tell you about ZipRecruiter. Small businesses in February went on a historic hiring binge, which is the job creation. Pat, tell me if you heard this reported anywhere. All right. Job creation broke the 45-year record in February. No, I haven't heard it. You haven't heard that? I have not heard it. No. Isn't that? Do you remember? Do you remember when the press was was uh, saying uh, Barack Obama uh, created or what was the word they used because they were ghost jobs created or saved? Oh, created right, right. or saved, saved X number of jobs. millions, millions, millions created or saved. Here we have job creation, an actual record broken, forty-five year job creation record broken wow. in February, and, and nothing, nothing, Amazing. nothing. All right, ZipRecruiter, uh, they will help you if you have to hire somebody. ZipRecruiter will send your job out to a hundred of the world's leading job boards, but they they go a step beyond that. They have powerful matching technology, and they scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. As the applications come in, they also highlight the best ones so you don't have to wade through a mountain of paperwork. ZipRecruiter, so effective that 80% of the employers get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Many times it's within the first hour. Right now, ZipRecruiter, try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-C-K. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I don't know if I can make the full two minutes. We were just talking mm-hmm. about. I have a twenty-second clip of what Bill O'Reilly was talking about. In case you haven't heard it, and I, do we have the in the control room? Do we have your full two minutes? We have thirty, I guess. Uh, don't we have your? Oh, uh, we have thirty seconds. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll try this when we come back. See how long we can take the likes and and you know you knows uh, from you know, like like from you know. one interview, one interview with. Yeah. Uh, 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 AOC. AOC, Ocasio-Cortez. One, two <laughs> minutes of just, well, like, you know, you know like, you know, it's like, like but like, oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. She's, but she does this at every speech. Anytime she's, anytime she's off of a, a teleprompter or a written speech, that is her speech pattern. Mm-hmm. She just talks like that because and, like, you know. She doesn't know anything. Like, like, really? Yeah, she like, she's not like you know, smart. So, like, really? <laughs> like, really? Really? I know it's hard like, to wow. believe. It's hard to believe. Yeah. I mean, she, she's people talk about her like, you know, she's like, four. She's twenty nine years old. She should be able to have a little more. She graduated about from I'm, from I'm Boston con- University. I'm convinced that perhaps. You know, this whole, you know, college scam yeah. that somebody paid like five million dollars <laughs> to, to get, get her, her in, in? In, into, B, yeah. into BU. I mean, because Lori Loft and Becky uh, paid yeah. for her to get into get BU. In, you know, they taped her. 
they taped her picture to like the body of Arnold Schwarzenegger and said, no, nah, she's a rower and a power lifter. And uh, somehow or another, she got in and because uh, I and the rest is history. I, I can't I can't imagine it. No, I can't it's imagine. Hard to believe. She it is. She is. She's got an economics degree, supposedly, and a foreign and affairs. Foreign affairs. And she listening to her like affairs. and, you know, like talking like, wow, <laughs> she has no idea. None. No idea what she's talking about. All right. Back in just a moment with the lights going out in Venezuela. And where, where is the press on this story? You're listening to Glenn Beck. Relief Factor is our spotlight sponsor. If you are in pain, uh, please try this. I'm kind of looking at my best friend who's in pain, and please try this because <laughs> uh, it is it, it is remarkable. I I didn't use Relief Factor for a while because I just you know, it's a hundred percent drug free. Come on, man. <laughs> If it doesn't have drugs, then. Well, I'm a guy who's woken up on the operating table twice. It takes, you know, it takes horse pills to keep me down. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh, really? You're going to mash up some flowers and it's going to (laughs) help. No, that's actually not what it is. Uh, And it works for me. So please try it. Take it three times a day for three weeks. If it doesn't work, it's not going to work. If it doesn't work in three weeks, it's not going to work. Try it for three weeks. Take it as directed. 70% of the people that take it, they see improvement or relief of their pain. Please try it. ReliefFactor.com, 800-500-8384. It's ReliefFactor.com. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenbeck program. <sighs> While we are sitting here fighting against socialists who are telling us, "No, no, no, it's going to be great." I wonder where all those socialists that convince the Venezuelans, "No, no, no, it's going to be great." Where they are? Have they apologized to the Venezuelans for what they've just put them through? The lights have gone out in Venezuela. I take you there next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You know, when it comes for shopping for a mortgage and coming up with a down payment, there are a ton of options, and most of them are designed to help the mortgage company and not you, the mortgage company and their underwriters. So how do you know who to trust? Who works for you? Who works for the banks? I want you to choose the lender who's in it for you. And the way you know they're in it for you is they are salary-based mortgage consultants at American Financing. American Financing isn't making any more money if you choose this loan or that loan. That's the key. They are brokers. They come in and they say, here are all the mortgage instruments. We can use any of them. What's your situation? Okay, you know what? This one or this one probably would be the best, and I can get you the best rate, blah, 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 blah. They work for you. They're not getting paid double pay. They're not 
you know, when they're not the bank isn't paying them again, they'll find the right mortgage for you, which is so important. The only mortgage company in America that I trust and have ever endorsed is American Financing. Go to AmericanFinancing.net or call American Financing at 800-906-2440. That's AmericanFinancing.net, 800-906-2440. Then... Venezuela, the lights have gone out. What is it like to be in Venezuela today? I got to believe dark for one thing, except for the torches that are in the streets. Imagine... A darkness, something darker and scarier than the deepest parts of the ocean. Darker than that awful darkness of space. The darkness of night, a house shackled by darkness because there isn't any electricity and there hasn't been for months. But then again, that's not the dark I'm talking about. The real dark is the dark part that lives inside of you. The things that you now have to do on a daily basis just to stay alive. Around the corner, you hear the bestial shouts from a Caracas jail. The prisoners have taken over, at least that's what you hear. They feel they can do a better job of controlling themselves than whoever has been doing it lately. It was a hundred years ago that this country was lavished in wealth. Not too long ago, you too were rich. You were healthy in that chubby 19th century Russian diplomat way. You ate well. You probably ate too much. Black turtle beans and fried bananas, asado negro. You drool just thinking of the tender shredded beef and the carrot and oregano tinged broth. You strode through steakhouses on special occasions. You ate T-bones like a Texan. You, You drank Chilean wines, Malbec from Argentina. Occasionally, a glass of cognac. Not because you were drunk, but because you could. Because you enjoyed the sprouting goodness that life had to offer. Man, that life, it seemed like it was never going to end. Now look at yourself. You're a bag of bones. Bones jutting out like false teeth. At times, you think about all the energy you waste just breathing. What happened? Now you can barely afford a single egg. One egg. Eggs that fall out of the backsides of chickens, and I can't afford it? Your mouth quivers at the thought of a fried egg tender. So tender it pops open with just the prod of a fork oozing onto the fried papaya and rotisserie chicken. You've lost 120 pounds since it all started going to hell. And now, you're in it firmly. You weren't rich, you were middle class, lower middle class even. That's just how good things used to be. Although there was always the cinder block hovels that you can see from the plane as you land in Caracas. But now it has spread. The office, 
where you used to work as an accountant. It's now empty, abandoned, overtaken by squatters, people like you who lost everything, who limp a little more each day toward their death. Men all in black now patrol the streets with shotguns, black bulletproof vests and black tarp-like shirts and black pants, black military boots. People hamper cars in the street because there's nowhere to go. Nothing to do. Gasping a bit, you rest below a crucifix statue, the left tilting head of Christ emblazoned in a soft and sad light, the burnished rise of daylight breathing into a new day. Looking at Christ, perhaps for the first time you understand suffering. You understand his defeated look, the look of hopelessness and violence and death. The hopelessness of surrendering, and surrendering until it stops mattering. You hope. You have that one hope left that all things will change. But you really hope that just anything begins to change. It was all so promising at the beginning. Everybody was going to be able to live the high life. And now... Only a handful are, and they are the ones that live behind the gates. This, you think to yourself, this is the socialist utopia they promised all of us as Venezuelans? As you sit there under the statue, you begin to replay it all in your mind and wonder, where are all those Americans, those celebrities, those from Hollywood that praised our leaders and helped convince us that this was the road to prosperity. I wonder what they're eating tonight. You know, they all praised, they all praised uh, Hugo Chavez. And then they came back and they were on the Maduro bandwagon because he was Mm -hmm. a bus driver. He was a guy who was one with the people and he was going to carry on this great tradition started by Chavez. Well, the real story is it was already falling apart when Chavez got sick, let alone at his death. It was already coming undone. It doesn't last long. At some point you run out of other people's money. And so it falls apart and democratic socialists will say, we believe in the free market. We believe in the free uh, elections of a uh, democratic uh, socialist country. We have to have free and open elections until the people start turning against you. Then always like Maduro, they either rig it or they cancel the election. And that's what's happened. But where are they? It wasn't too long ago, let me remind you, with the words from Sean Penn, Oliver Stone, Danny Glover, and Noam Chomsky, that, oh, things were looking up in Venezuela. This was a bright new future. Well, first of all, I consider the president, Hugo Chavez, my friend. And, and certainly uh, an ally about the things that I talk about in the world and that he talks about in the world. I ought to talk 
preciously about the country that I, I've, people often consider me a descendant of and from Hey Haiti. He is one of the most important forces we've had on this planet, and I will wish him nothing but that great strength he has shown over and over again. From my very American point of view of my friend, President Chavez, it is only possible to be so inspiring as he is, as a two-way street. As we commemorate and celebrate a true man of the people, Hugo Chavez, his memory lives with us as you continue to realize his vision of a participatory democracy, one involving all citizens. I've dealt with iconic characters and, uh, and uh, let's say uh, I, I favor the underdog. So here is a man who's been picked on endlessly for years. And I, in that vein, I went there and I wanted to make it about the American media because we seek out enemies. America is got a certain paranoia since World War II that's gotten worse and worse and worse. Why do we go to these extremes? Push, exaggerate, demonize. Why? Uh, what's harder is to create, create a better world, not to talk about it. And what's so exciting about uh, at last visiting Venezuela, I can see how a better world is being created and can speak to the person who's inspired it. And where is Noam Chomsky today on the better world in Venezuela? Where is the press holding any of these people accountable? How is it while people are starving to death, literally starving to death? Our press here is silent and upholding those who refuse to even say they're capitalists and are trying to drag us into the same exact better tomorrow uh, socialist utopia that they sold to the Venezuelans just over a decade ago. Relief Factor. Uh, How's your pain? What's your pain level like? You know, 60% of Americans uh, are in pain every day, and most of them have just given up. They're just like, I can't. It's not worth it. And you don't think that there's going to be any relief at all in sight. That's the way I was about a year and two months ago. And I know a lot of people here at the studio were the same. They tried to take relief factor, relief factor. Just try it for three weeks, three times a day. You take it as directed. And for me, pain was greatly reduced, gone some days. Relieffactor.com. Try it now. 70% of the people who take it come back to order more month after month because it works. Relieffactor.com, 800-583-84, 800-583-84, or relieffactor.com. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. You know, and one of the socialists uh, that is, you know, really bringing people to socialism, she she is so eloquent uh, in articulating <laughs> how it's going to work and why it works. Uh, and how much it'll cost. And how much it'll cost. She's really it's, good at that. It's, it's hard not to see her, uh, you know, make the case and, 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 and go, you know that? Wow. Like, 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 like wow. That was wow. Whatever. I mean, you know. Like. Like. Whatever. Here is uh, Ocasio-Cortez. From one 
interview at South by Southwest. Listen to this. Like, like whatever. Um, you know, it's like, you know, um, you know, you know. Um, 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 like, like, um, like, whatever, you know, and like, or whatever, like, just like, it's like, like, it's like this, like, like, like. Oh my gosh, I can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't, don't hold back. Tell me how you really feel about incrementalism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So and it bad. goes on for two minutes. Yeah. For two minutes. Yeah. You know, t- tightly edited. Yeah. So she said it so many times that it lasted for two minutes straight. Like it's a lot. Like, well, like, you know, whatever. Right. Whatever. Like, yeah. A lot. Uh, whatever. It's a lot. Uh, let me go to Art in Georgia. Hello, Art. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hey, Glenn, let me uh, step out here where you can hear me better. Um, Yeah, this is in response to what you were talking about earlier about uh, Islam and whatever. You know, I want to remind people, let's go back to 2011. Mm -hmm. A A video was put out about Muslim demographics, and it talked about how a culture, if it is to survive beyond 25 years, Mm -hmm. must have a fertility rate of about 2.11%. Mm-hmm. Now, this was in 2011. At that point, the United States' fertility rate was down to 1.8. Now, supposedly, according to the way demographics work, this is irreversible. This cannot be changed. It, it means the literal destruction of the American culture as was founded. Now, Gaddafi actually talked about the easiest way to conquer a nation. And he said, quote, <clears throat> There are signs that a law will grant victory to Islam in Europe without swords, without guns, without conquest. The 50 million Muslims in Europe, the 50 million plus Muslims in Europe, will grant us that victory. Now, he was, sa- he was talking about how to literally take over a nation without the use of war. And what he was talking about was you first have to build the population. Then you have to get your people into the government. Now, we look at what's happened since 2011, when, when all of this, when, when I discovered all of this. And since then, we have seen an increase. The, you've you got to figure, the average Muslim family has 8.1 children, seriously, compared to 1.8. That is a serious imbalance within the demographics. So what Gaddafi is talking about is first create the population. Once you have the population, you can then begin to get your people into the government through the election system. And once you have your people in the government, now you can begin to change everything to bring it more in line with the Quran and Islam. This is what Gaddafi was talking about. This right. is one of the things that made Gaddafi so dangerous to European culture mm-hmm. as we know it. So, Art, I, I thank you for your call. Um, and you're right. I, uh, you know, those numbers are accurate. I, I, um, I don't think you have to wait for... I think that same video says by 2050, uh, it will Europe will be a Muslim continent, um, and you know numbers are numbers, uh, and if you're not if you're not replacing yourself, 1.8 means two people get together, and mm-hmm. some of them just don't have it. They have one, 
or they have none. Uh, and so you're not even replacing yourself. Muslims don't have a replacement rate of 8.1, though. <laughs> it's like 2.9. Is it 2.9? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, the the problem here is is that the the socialists, the anarchists, the communists, uh, and the Islamists have all begun to work together all around the world. And you're seeing that here in America. For instance... I just I just have to ask the question, and it is an honest question. How does someone um how is someone so loyal to the Quran insist on wearing uh a hijab uh and and be with a group of Muslims that were started by the Muslim Brotherhood and Hamas? How can you be in that group? And say, I am so devout, I have to wear a hijab. And at the same time, before women's rights and gay rights and trans rights and all the rights of, of everything that the left is pushing, we know that the Muslim Brotherhood is against all of those things. We know Hamas is against all of those things. We know that care as a as a brother or sister organization to Hamas created by the Muslim Brotherhood in their charter how could they possibly how could they possibly tolerate somebody who is for gay rights trans rights women's rights and outspoken on those things how i'm not saying that muslims are intolerant i'm saying those organizations are intolerant. If you go to those organizations in their home countries, they'll kill you. So, how's that happen? How's that happen? We don't have to wait for the birth rates to take over. We are on the verge right now of losing our country and losing all of it. And I, 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 I'm not sure that more than 30% of this country understands that. I think there's a, a good 10% that's involved in killing it, uh, and they know. And I think there's probably 20 or 30% of the American people that are awake enough and know the facts, know what they're talking about. Maybe 20%. The rest... Where are they? That's enough to make change, though. It was, what, 30% of the American population that were patriots in the 1700s, and they affected change. Yeah. So we could do it if if we stood together. It can ab- absolutely be done, because there was no more than one-third of the population <clears throat> that was for the American Revolution. Right. But you have to be totally dedicated. Look absolutely. At this this yeah. is a group of less than 18% of our of our population socialist anarchist uh islamicist that's 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 got to be less than 20 percent of our population but they are dedicated to it every breath they take is for a new brighter utopian tomorrow and those are the only people that actually make change you're listening to glenn beck
All right, LifeLock. LifeLock would remind you that taxes are due, and, you know, sure, while you're feeling the warmth of being so incredibly charitable, when you're feeling the warmth of, oh, I could give the government a dollar, and they're going to keep 60 cents of it and waste it, and then take 40 cents and apply it to something that is probably also very wasteful. Then you're just starting to feel the warmth of giving at this time of year. But then let me remind you, there is a Grinch, cyber criminals. They want to take what's yours, and what they want is your information. They want your birth certificate or their, your, uh, your um, uh, passcodes. They want your social security numbers. They want your information, and they'll sell it. That's why LifeLock is here. They are the best in the business. Go to LifeLock.com and get 10% off right now. LifeLock.com, 10% off. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Also, if you'd like to hear more from yours truly, you can listen to my show every day. Pat Gray Unleashed, 7 Eastern, 6 Central, only on The Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Good friend of the program, Joel Rosenberg, uh, has a new book out. It's called The Persian Gamble, and I want to get into that here with him in a second. Uh, but he had a meeting with Mike Pence last week and uh, a a surprise meeting with the president, which is which is odd for you because up until, like, the Thursday before the election, you were a— I mean, a very few people are never. Were you really a never Trumper? I, I was. I, I I thought he was going to be a catastrophe. I thought he was going to be a catastrophe as well, um, but I wasn't. An, and I don't consider myself ever a never Trumper. I wanted okay. to. I didn't think he would do any of it. Yeah. But as soon as he started doing it, I'm like, okay, give credit where credit is due. Good yeah. job. Well, well. First of all, it's good to see you, Glenn. Good to see and it's you. great to be back in Dallas and on the show. Uh, yeah, so, so, well, Mike and Karen Pence and I and my wife, Lynn, we've been friends for a number of years mm-hmm. when he was back in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'd been, he and Karen had been reading the novels and mm-hmm. they, want, they reached out to us. And we were like, sure, mm-hmm. we'd love to get together. And so we've become friends. So it was good to see him and catch up. We talked about Iran, North Korea, the Middle East Peace Initiative. We had a great lunch together. And at the end of that, he said, you know, have you ever met the president? And I said, no, I never, I've never even been in the Oval Office, hmm. not even in Glenn's version of it. <laughs> I didn't say that part, but, and uh, he said, come with me. Now, Mike has known me, the vice president has known me for a long time, so he knows the ups and downs of where I've been. But so we walk in, the first person I see is the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, who is mm-hmm. also a friend, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm grateful as a reader of the novel, so mm-hmm. that's fun. John Bolton, they asked me if I know John. John and I have known each other for mm-hmm. years. And the next thing I know, the vice president's introducing me to the president and you know i thought i thought it was gonna be a handshake i mean i'd never been in the room never met him so mm-hmm. i was like i want to thank you uh, i live in jerusalem now my wife and i are dual u.s israeli citizens so thank you for moving the embassy to jerusalem this is historic you you are the most pro-life pro-israel president in, ever possibly in history and possibly i i would say in history at this in, stage, in at least modern history. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Israel's history is not that long in yeah. the modern version. So, so I, I thought that was going to be it. I, he, he was very gracious. He was very warm. But he said, have a seat. And the vice president said, well, Mr. President, I just wanted you two to meet. Joel's an influential author. He's sold like five million books. But, but I didn't want to, you know, no, the president's, no, we've got time. Now, the Czech prime minister is arriving 
And we know that the, they're setting up lunch for, mm-hmm. you know, state lunch mm-hmm. sort of. For it. But the president said, no, we've got time. Sit down. So I, I'm my head is swirling a little bit because I've written a lot of thrillers <laughs> that mm-hmm. take place in that room. I've never, right. never been. So we sit down. He's behind the Resolute desk. He says, so first of all, Mike, the vice president, says to me that you're an evangelical. I said, that's true. I am. He said, but your name is Joel Rosenberg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that Jewish? <laughs> I said, well, on my father's side, yes. Gentile on my mom's side. But I am a Jewish follower of Jesus. He said, well, isn't that a little confusing to your Israeli friends? I said, well, and to my Arab friends too. And then he said, so you, you, you know, then we talked about Jerusalem and the embassy and that decision and how he got there. And he asked me how he, he's doing in Israel. And I said, you are the king of Israel. Like mm-hmm. the country didn't know what to make of you, but now you, you, you yeah. I don't like to say blow people away in the Middle mm, yeah. East context. Right. But then he said, all right, now you're a novelist. So tell me, or no, first he said, Tell me a little bit about yourself. So I said, well, and that's when I, that's when I said, listen, I was a never Trumper until the Thursday before the election. Now, Glenn, I'm not sure how often the term never Trumper is used in the Oval Office mm-hmm. in the last two years. It, it, from the registry in his eye, it didn't look like often. <laughs> <laughs> but, or at least in a good way. Right. Well, but he took the bait in a sense. I, it wasn't bait, but I mean. He said, okay, so what happened Thursday before the election? I said, well, I had to send in my ballot, my wife and I, from Israel by FedEx to get there in time. And my wife said to me, listen, we've got to fill these things out. We're obviously not voting for Hillary. I said, no, well, obviously not. She said, so this is it. It's, it's a binary choice. It's either or. And besides, are you, you know, with Mike and Karen being f- friends and fans of the novels, are you really going to vote against a ticket where someone has read and liked your novels? That's your plan? (laughs) So the president laughed at that. I mean, they all did, fortunately. And so I said, and I want to just say to you, Mr. President, I was, I, I, what my wife specifically said was, you're, you're uncomfortable with voting for Mr. Trump because you don't trust that he will keep these conservative promises. I said, that's true. And I said, uh, but I said, Mr. President, I have to say that you have kept so many more of these promises than I thought that you would. I'm just being very honest with I you. I thought he would. I didn't think he'd ever do those. And uh, and the promises that you've kept, you've scrapped the nuclear deal. Mm-hmm. You've appointed the judges, the justices to the Supreme Court right off of your lists, which were good ones. Half of them. Yes. Well, OK. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he added to the list. Yeah. So admittedly, but uh, I still think they're very good. Um, all these federal judges. Um, yes. The. Pushing NATO to spend more money on their yes. own defense. The, the the biggest tax cut and tax reform. It's not a flat tax. I'm a Forbes mm-hmm. guy. Worked for him. Helped him lose two it's presidential helpful. elections. It's helpful. But, it's, but look at the economy. Yeah. So I said, uh, so afterwards, I, uh, let me just jump out of the Oval Office a second. The vice president says, you know, you didn't have to confess to that. <laughs> and I said, actually, Mike, I think I did. I, I, I think he needs to hear that those of us who really were did not see any evidence that he could be trusted on these things that he should be affirmed and yeah. encouraged to the extent that he has i agree you know we didn't get it i didn't get into the tweeting and mm-hmm. some of the stuff that i still uh, the overspending you know mm-hmm. there's still issues yeah 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 but my goodness uh so anyway we most we t- mostly talked about the uh uh the iran 
nuclear issue, North Korea. So we, I, you asked me about now, the book. Yeah, now I've, I've, <laughs> I've only got about five, four minutes okay. left. Uh, so let's talk about the uh, realistic aspects of the book. This is North Korea right. um, uh, selling arms to Iran because the United States is distracted with Russia. Right. Um, how realistic is the scenario that you outline? Uh, that you outline, and I know you are friends with, um, you know, many people, not just in the administration, but people who war game these things. Yeah. Is this a real concern? It's a very real concern. And 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 I and the president asked me about the book, and I said, "This is my elevator pitch. What if the Iran, the Iranian regime, took the hundred and fifty billion dollars that President yes. Obama gave them for the JCPOA?" The uh, the, the Iran nuclear deal. What if they take the 150 billion and secretly go to North Korea and say, "Look, you guys have 60 fully operational nuclear warheads, and you need cash. We would like to buy a half dozen of these warheads off the shelf." Uh, what would happen then? That's the premise of the Persian gamble. And the president said, "Wow." He sat back for a moment, and then he said, "Well, how do you know Iran's not doing that now?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, Mr. President, I'm trusting that you and the men in this room are working every single day to make sure the Persian gamble never comes true." And he's just come back from Hanoi. He's pushing the North Koreans to denuclearize. Why? Because ultimately, this is the threat. Mm-hmm. This is really the threat that that you have North Korea starving its people, desperate for cash. Iran has cash, but doesn't have the weapons that North Korea does have. And at the minimum, Glenn, I'm concerned less actually about them buying the weapons and shipping them to Iran. That's the Persian Gamble version. But just buying the the nuclear test data, right? In a sense, mm-hmm. Iran doesn't have to test nuclear weapons. They've got a lab in North Korea. Right. You just have to buy the data. And this puts them far ahead of any other country once they're ready to, to pull the trigger, as it were. You know, you and I have talked about the 12th Imam over and over and over again. And uh, people always dismiss this. And they say, oh, that's just stuff that they talk about. Um, uh, is their drive for a nuclear weapon? Is it about power? Uh, for the regime and their place at the table of the international nations, or is it driven religiously of vaporizing Israel? Uh, well, it, the, the second, but uh, Iran's leadership, not the country, not even the government, but the regime, the, yeah. the Ayatollah, his inner core, right. these men believe that the end of days have come and that their mission is to hasten accelerate the coming of the 12th imam the so-called mahdi the, the their, their messiah any doubt in your by, mind by destroying not only israel the little satan but the united states the great satan and that's the we have to keep it clear that israel's only the the minor objective of the two ultimately ultimately destroying christendom which they see as the united states of america that's the ultimate objective and that's why it's so dangerous any doubt in your mind that if that uh, you know person is dubbed the 12th imam and they come any doubt in your mind that that is the scenario in the book of revelation yes i i do i would have a doubt um bec- but for i don't think three minutes will allow us to yeah. unpack <laughs> right. the, 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 the the eschatology but 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 generally i mean i that series I mean, they, that i did yeah. uh, several years ago starting with the 12th imam Damascus Countdown mm-hmm. and the Tehran Initiative. Mm-hmm. That was a series of the Bible does say in the New Testament that there will be um, false messiahs in the last days who mm-hmm. will be able to do even uh, 
special uh, wonders and, and, yeah. and terrible miracles that will be deceptive. This is Matthew chapter 24. So I imagine, I can imagine a scenario in which a 12th imam, some person that the, the Shia Islamic world said, that's the guy, mm-hmm. that that person could come. I don't believe it would be the ultimate false messiah, mm-hmm. the, the antichrist, as mm-hmm. we would call him. But, it, but the Bible does indicate that there could be people like this that right. come earlier to deceive, to, to destroy. Um, yeah, it's, it, it is fascinating. By the way, one other point on the uh, – I, I see a new axis of evil emerging, and this is the Russia-Iran-North Korea triangle. Yes. What's fascinating to me, Glenn, is that – and my previous book was The Kremlin Conspiracy. We talked mm-hmm, about that mm-hmm. last year where Russia tries to do a fast grab of, of NATO countries, mm-hmm. the Baltics. But when you look at it, Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un and the Ayatollah Khamenei, these men have entirely different political philosophies yep. and religious theologies and eschatologies. Right. So the question becomes, why, what draws these people together? Because they're very different. And that is a hatred, hatred of the United States and Western civilization. Mm-hmm. But I believe that in real life, setting aside the Persian gamble and the Kremlin conspiracy, Putin believes he can manage this alliance. I agree with you 100%. I don't believe he can, and this is what makes me concerned about where this is heading. The quest for power will always lose to the the quest of of moral religious fervor. You know, when you pit the Russians against people who will die for God— doesn't matter who the god is. Right. That usually wins because they don't care. They right. won't stop. Right. Uh, and I think anybody who deals with them uh, should should re- realize that. Let me real quick. Um, you know, you talked about the new axis of power, and I would add one. Evil. Uh, yeah, or evil. Yeah. I, I would say the um, uh, I would add one more in that, and that is China. Did you see what China said yesterday? I did not. Venezuela, you know, out of power, and they said that. Uh, uh, they'll supply, they'll fix it, and they'll supply the power for Venezuela. And they also agree with Maduro's uh, conclusion on uh, on hacking their power system. Let me let me ask you this one sure. question: You know these guys. You know Pence. You know Maduro. If we hacked in and pulled their power down, and we have caused this chaos. It is a black, black stain on on us. I think is is a country. I, I don't see it because I don't see any follow up. There would have to be a strategy. You wouldn't right. just shut the country down. It's a it's an immoral concept. Right. Uh, so I don't see that. Okay. Good. And I see China's a rising power, but not yet in the full on take us on. One last thought, though. Yes. Kremlin conspiracy. So the president, we we finish our meeting. The president says, "Hey, let's get a picture." So he says, where's the photographer? Get the photographer in here. And he calls me over to stand next to him mm-hmm. and the vice president on their side. So I take this moment. I got a little bit of chutzpah, Glenn. I say, Mr. President, my previous novel, which I have brought you a copy, is The Kremlin Conspiracy. Now, it has nothing to do with the allegations yeah, right, against right, right, you. Right. He laughs. I say, but it, it, it's about Russia and them trying to invade NATO. But I want to recommend that you take The Kremlin Conspiracy. You walk out on the South Lawn. You hold this novel up to the, the press corps and you say, the Kremlin conspiracy, it's fiction, people. It's fiction. Then get in, Air, uh, get in Marine One, oh fly off. Gosh. You will drive the left crazy. You and he would... laughed. 
I don't know if he'll do it. <laughs> it'd be great for it me in my book sale, I will, I will yes. admit, but yes. I think it'd be hilarious for All him, right. too. Joel, always good to see great you. To Thank see you so Thank much. You. Uh, the name of the book is The Persian Gamble, The Persian Gamble uh, novel by Joel Rosenberg. Always worth your time and a read. All right. Back in just a second. First, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is Simply Safe. Simply Safe is a great company that has was started by a young guy who was just trying to help his friends stop crime uh, from burglars coming in and stealing his friend's stuff in their neighborhood. So he put something together, and then everybody in the neighborhood was like, "This is great. Would you make one for me?" And he realized he had Simply Safe. They are 100% committed to helping you fear less at home. They'll protect your home 24/7, no hidden fees or contracts. This is why they're the fastest growing company, protecting over 3 million people now. They still run it like a small business, and they are still protecting small businesses and your home. With just a few clicks, you're going to see how good it feels to fear less. When you go to simplysafebeck.com, use that address, simplysafebeck.com, and you're going to get a 10% discount. It's simplysafebeck.com. Get your discount now by using simplysafebeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome uh, back to the uh, program. It looks like uh, Smollett is uh, now pleaded not guilty to 16 felony charges. Kind of has guilty. to. He's been sticking to that for a while. Uh, well, he's not going to get any uh, help on this one. Uh, he is facing now 16 to 48 years for 16 counts <laughs> if he's found guilty on all. Uh, they're actually Oof. saying, believe it or not, they think that even with that, he'll get probation. Yeah, I bet. That, that would be, be my guess. That would be a slap in the face to justice. Uh, anyway, hey, tonight we celebrate the 912 Project. Believe it or not, it has been 10 years since we started the 912 Project 10 years ago this week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that you have done and continue to do. More than a tip of the hat tonight at 5 o'clock on Blaze TV. You're listening to Glenn Beck.